All right, you guys, I'm going to close out this little section with prayer, and then we're going to get into the word together for a little bit. So, Father, we uh, are gathered in Jesus' name. We're not, uh, Lord, there's no other name, Lord. So here we are. Would you have your way in our hearts and minds this morning during the time of preaching, during the small group time? Um, God, thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for Red. Lord, who's been wrestling through this decision. And Lord, last week, he, he became born again, a new creature in Christ. And old things are passed away and all things are become new for him. So God, we just rejoice over that. Thank you so much. God, would you strengthen him? Would you protect him? Would you enable him to get plugged in and move forward in his faith? And God, for all of us, we just, would kind of say the same thing. Help us, Lord, to, to, to be where you would have us to be, plugged in the ways you would have us plugged in, just moving forward in faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So while, so turn to the book of 3 John, okay? 3 John, and we'll continue in our hospitality series in this book for a little bit. Um, but by way of introduction, I want to I want to remind everybody. Remember nine one one, okay? Nine one one. There was four coordinated attacks on the U.S. and two of those hit the twin towers. They're 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 all jet planes full of jet fuel, and two of those hit the twin towers. One hit the Pentagon. The other one was headed toward Washington when the passengers all overthrew the terrorists and that plane crashed in a field, but they were either gonna hit the Capitol building or the White House. After that, so, so a lot of lives were lost, okay? You guys all remember that, right? Okay, there was a lot of lives lost, but there was also a sense of security that was lost for a lot of people on this attack on our nation. And what happened after that was the armed forces recruiters, okay, the, the places we drive past in the strip mall, the, the armed services recruiting offices, they got bombarded with people that wanted to sign up to the armed forces because of that attack. And this is something I read from a veterans website that said, before you do that, before you sign up for the military, hang on, there's something you need to know. This is, this is what they wrote. Before you raise your hand, you need to know that you are signing up to follow orders without question. Okay? Because you are signing up to follow the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So not only if you sign up to be in the military, you're going to have the state laws, your, your city ordinances, your federal laws you have to follow. But there's also now overlaid upon that a whole nother set of rules that you have to follow. So before you sign up, you need to ask yourself this question. Can you hold rank? Okay, okay. in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm sorry, First Chronicles chapter 12, describing some of God's men of Zebulun. There were men such as went forth to battle, expert in war, with all instruments of war, 50,000 which could keep rank. They were not of a double heart. And so, 
So when we picture a soldier, now, now here's the thing. If you're told to do something by a, uh, an officer and that's illegal, you're not, you don't do it, okay? Don't follow orders that are illegal, but otherwise you're supposed to just follow orders. So there were, there was a great influx of people that signed up to serve in the military because of that attack. Okay, well, what's that have to do with us? Well, in 3 John, if you've been with us, Gaius is being told not to follow Diotrephes, who's a leader in the church. Don't follow that guy, says the apostle John. But you should follow Demetrius. Okay, that's where we're at in this story. Now, we're, we're actually, look at verse 12. That's where we are. Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also, John says, bear record. And you know that our record is true. You know I ain't lying, okay, says the Apostle John. And I'm, I'm vouching for Demetrius. So, so here's what we need to look at today is two parts to our lesson. One is it's important to choose to follow. Okay. Number two, it's important to choose who you follow. Okay. Because we're, we're supposed to be followers. Now I think about Gaius and maybe Gaius was from Switzerland. You know, he just wanted to be neutral all the time. He didn't want to pick sides, and so he's just going to take a stance of political, military neutrality. Gaius didn't want to pick between Demetrius and Diotrephes. He just wanted to just kind of be neutral. He was an independent. He, he didn't want to be Republican. He didn't want to be Democrat. He just wanted to be independent. Like, I don't want to pick sides, right? Like I'm wired that way. I don't want to. I don't want to be over there. I don't want to be over there. I just want to choose for myself based on the platform. Right? Like, can't decide tacos or burritos. I'm just going to get the combo meal. I don't want to pick sides. Okay, well that's fine when it comes to food and politics. If, if okay, but listen, spiritually speaking, we're supposed to pick sides because there's only two spiritual families. What are they? God's family. Like, okay, so we're supposed to, the apostle John tells Gaius, don't follow that which is evil, but do follow that which is good. Our natural tendency sometimes is I don't want to follow anybody. I don't want to put myself in subjection to anybody. So I'm just going to stay neutral. Okay, now, men, if you have trouble understanding this, just ask your wives. Okay, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Oh, my goodness, what a charge. Okay, now this is what Christine will tell you after, you know, 30 years of working through this. It's actually trusting God to submit myself to my husband. It's not actually trusting my husband. I'm not trustworthy. Reverence your husband as unto the Lord. Are you kidding me? She's supposed to reverence me in the same way she reverenced Christ. I'm so not Christ-like. But she's not doing it because I'm worthy of doing it. She's doing it because that's what God said. Like God's like, just trust me. Like I know he's Nimrod sometimes. But look, that's when your faith actually is employed. 
That's when it matters. That's how I'm going to work. And so, so, you know, we're called to submit to leadership. So we have a structure within the church that God established, right? Okay, so we have pastors, we have prophets, evangelists. We, we have this church structure that God set up. And we're supposed to submit ourselves to that structure. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12, which is up here. I guess I don't have that written down. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, which are over you in the Lord. Ouch! God put someone over me. I don't want anyone over me. Like, I want to sign up to fight against the terrorists because of 911, but I don't want to say I will follow orders. I don't want to submit to a structure. I just want to stay neutral in that. No. Okay, so this is the hard part that we are supposed to esteem those who are over us in the Lord very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. So this is why I'm saying it's important to choose to follow, but it's also very important to choose who you follow, right? Because if I have to just like follow orders unless I'm being asked to do something illegally, I'm going to make sure I'm not going to sign up under some commanding officer who's a crook, who's a thief, who's a bully. I'm going to make sure I'm like, maybe I'll go to the Air Force instead of the Marines. I don't know. The analogy probably breaks down very quickly in that regard. But here's what I'm trying to say. Third John chapter 12 gives us a biblical template that we can use to look at leaders, just like the Apostle John is telling Gaius to do as he compares Diotrephes and Demetrius, we have actually kind of a biblical template here that we can use. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about following that which is good, and then in your minds, maybe build this out as a template for doing so. So the verse says, Demetrius, Demetrius hath good report of all men. This is related to his reputation. So Demetrius had a good reputation. All right, so that is, what do people say about Demetrius? So in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7, Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. What is that talking about? Well, Demetrius had what 1 Timothy chapter 3 tells us that leaders in the church should have. 1 Timothy 3, talking about qualifications for leadership in the church, says they must have a good report of them which are without. That's people who are not in the church. They're outside the church. Lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. What does that mean? Reproach is like shame. Reproach would be like a bad reputation. Like, like okay, so and then it's a snare of the devil. So why is it that someone who would be a preacher could fall into a snare if they have a bad reputation? And here's why, okay? Because of the pulpit in which a man is going to stand up with the word of God and he's going to, to tell everybody, thus saith the Lord, right? So he's going to preach the truth. But if his reputation is that he's a liar, 
people are going to see him as a hypocrite. If he preaches honesty, but his reputation in the community is one of a cheater, now all of a sudden there's a problem with his pulpit, isn't there? Okay. If he preaches unity, but he's a contentious man, if he preaches faithfulness and hard work, but he's lazy, now when that message goes forth, his bad reputation can ruin a perfect pulpit. That is a reproach. And if I, as a follower, if I'm going to hook my wagon to a man like that, he's ensnared because of his bad reputation. I'm going to end up ensnared too. As I share my faith with my neighbor, ask him to check out the, the live stream. And he's like, oh, I know that guy. I'm not interested in what he has to say. Does that make sense? It's a snare. There's reproach there. So a good reputation is one of the things that we should look for. Okay, so Acts 10, 22, we see this in action. Cornelius, he was a centurion, a just man, one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews. So there, that's God's commentary on Cornelius. That's God's commentary on Demetrius. They had a good report, and that is what leaders in the church should have. Okay, so that's his reputation. That's what people say. But the verse continues. It says, not only a good report of all men, but a good report of the truth itself. Okay, so the truth, we know what the truth is from John 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus prayed to the Father. Okay, so not just a truth, but the truth is the word of God for us. Amen, right? Okay, so if the truth itself is going to bear witness, then, then that this is revelation from God. So I know what everyone else says, but what does God say about this person? So interestingly, like this is literally true for Demetrius. Because we're actually reading the Bible, which is truth, which gives a good report of Demetrius. So it's actually like literally true in this case. But I think there's a couple ways, probably practically, that we can look at this. Okay, so first of all, flip over to 1 Timothy with me. 1 Timothy chapter 3. We already read a verse out of there. But these are the qualifications of a bishop. The truth, the word of God, is here giving qualifications. A bishop, desire, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Okay, now this doesn't say it's a good thing if a man desires the office of a bishop. It says if, you, if a man desires the office of a bishop, he's desiring something that is a good thing. Therefore, he must be a good man. Here's, here's the qualifications. He must be blameless. Husband of one wife, okay, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, patient, not a brawler, not covetousness, one that ruleth his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he falleth into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without. There's his reputation from them that are without. We just covered this so that he doesn't fall under reproach and the snare of the devil. 
And then it goes into some things for the deacons. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Okay, so we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. So does the record of God's word bear witness to the character of the leader? Well, for Demetrius, it did. Okay. And I would say, I think we have good leaders in this church. I think we could go through this list and say, yeah, look, I don't like, yeah, check the boxes. And I think we have good leadership that we can do that. We, we should do that because here's the other way. Here's the other way that, that we can, uh, oh, oh, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. There we go. These, speaking of the believers, okay, in Thessalonica, I'm sorry, in, in Berea, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So what, what, what are we talking about here? Well, let's just use our third John example. So you got Demetrius up here and he's saying stuff. What's he saying? He's saying, we're not going to support the missionaries. In fact, I'm not going to let you support the missionaries because then you wouldn't be following my lead. And if you do, I'm going to kick you out of the church. That's what Diotrephes, boo, hiss, was doing. Okay, Demetrius, yay! Demetrius like, no, like, like, he's what he said. If we were Berean in our mindset, and searched the scriptures to see if his message was biblical, the truth would bear witness of what he was saying. Does that make sense? We should be Berean. Okay, we should hold our pastors accountable to the word of God. If I'm teaching something and it doesn't line up with scripture, you guys tell me. So the last thing I want to do is stand up here and be like, thus saith Chris. Oh my goodness, like we just wasted how much time no no if it's not, okay so the truth will bear witness itself does that make sense so your reputation what do people say revelation what does god say and then that doesn't finish it though because we need to talk about reproduction so back in third john demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself and we also bear record, says the apostle. And you know that our record is true. Now, he doesn't say, I'm also giving a report. He says, I bear record. There's a difference between a record and a report. Bearing record, we ought to be able to look through the record of Demetrius's activities and see what he's done. You would be surprised how many people want to come and be a part of the leadership at Midtown from elsewhere, okay, from some other church. That didn't work out, and now they want to come have a paid staff position at Midtown. We get requests like that all the time. It's like, well, let's see the record of the fruit that came from your leadership somewhere else. No evangelism and salvations. There's no baptisms. There's no discipleship. There's no life. There's no outreach. There's no spiritual. And then someone, because they have a degree, because they, they've had a leadership position somewhere, they want to come in 
and they want to be on staff. And the answer there is, well, you know, no. You're welcome to come and just be a part. And then over time, let's see if there's fruit. If there is, we'll praise the Lord. Now there is a record and we can bear record. Okay, does that make sense? Demetrius had a good reputation. Okay, the truth bore witness. And then he was fruitful. There was a record of that. And so, so 1 Timothy chapter 3, let's turn there real quick. We were there a minute ago, but, but we stopped just short of, of making this point. 1 Timothy chapter 3, we, we looked at the characteristics of a, a bishop, a pastor, and also of a deacon. And then we got to verse 10, and let these also first be proved. There it is. Let's get a record. Let's, we don't want to promote a novice because they, they end up in trouble all the time. I know they're gifted. I know they're smart. The problem is they haven't failed enough yet. Okay. You got to fail a bunch of times until you're finally like, God, I'm just done. Like, I, I don't know, God, was, you're going to have to do it. Like, I'll show up for duty, but God, you're, it's got, and then that's finally when God really starts to work in a person's life is where we just finally surrender and, and quit trusting in ourselves. So, there has to be a record. They have to be proved. And here's what Paul writes to Timothy. And we could start in, in verse 13. For they that have used the office of a deacon, well, purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't say they hold the office of a deacon. It's using the office of a deacon, okay? These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, Paul says, that thou may, mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. In other words, this is what you need to do in terms of leadership in the church. They have to be proven people with a good reputation, meeting the characteristics, okay? Good report from the, the truth itself. So I'm, I'm presenting to us that is a template that we can use, okay? To make sure that we're following leaders that, that we should follow in the church. And I think all of our leaders in the church meet all these criteria. I'm not like, Pastor Mata does it. No, 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 everybody, like we all, like I'm not, certainly not promoting myself or any other individual pastor. I'm just presenting this is a template that we can see in the word of God. So, so you know, we're not reacting to 911 all the time, but there is a spiritual attack on humanity. It's not airplanes, it's a spiritual attack. And we all know people who are victims of it. We don't follow the uniform code of military justice. We follow the word of God, okay? We don't just blindly like take orders. Like that's the end all, like pastors are wrong sometimes. And, and it's, however, we do need to be able to keep rank, okay? When the enemy's coming, like we all can't just run away, 
spiritual attack comes, we can't just all run away. We just need to be able to just stay there with our group. This is why it's important to choose who we're going to follow because we, we need to be able to keep rank like that. So if you're in the army and your commanding officer asks you to do something illegal, don't do it. If you're in the church and your pastor wants you to sin, don't do it, right? I mean, it's, so you guys, does this all make sense? Okay, so it's important to choose to follow. Don't be Switzerland, spiritually speaking. Okay, don't order the combo meal. It's, it's burritos or tamales. Like you got to pick one. It's, it's either following Christ or I'm going to follow myself, the world, the devil, the, the, that system. There's only two choices. And then, and then um, it's important to choose who we follow. So, so that's it. So we've got some small group questions that we can go through in our small groups. So the first one is, how is following the imperfect leaders God has given us an act of faith? So we can work through that. Because really, you guys, it's, it's hard to trust people when you see their imperfections, when you've tried that in the past and you got burned. I think about someone who's divorced and, and someone else comes and promises to love them forever. I mean, I would just be thinking like, yeah, I, I heard that before, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we get immunized against things like that. Okay, what, cha what challenges hinder us from being good father, followers? I know for me, I'm just fiercely independent. I don't, I just, I'm not. I don't like to follow. I want to lead or something like that, like, or be neutral. For leaders or those aspiring to be leaders, based on that above template, which of the three areas can you improve upon? Your reputation. Okay, what do people say about you? What does the word of God say about you? We all, none of us have arrived, right? But, or then... Um, you know, do I have a record of having borne fruit? And then finally, if you're an aspiring leader, like based on that template, would, would you follow you? You're not perfect. I, I, none of us have perfect character. I mean, don't get hung up on that. But those would be things that we can talk about in our small groups. And then we've got about We've got about 20 minutes or so we can do our small groups. And what I'll do is just get up and, and close us out uh, at the end of that. Okay, sound good? All right, Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Uh, I, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ here. And God, I, you know, I just don't have a place in this world anymore. And that makes my place here in this group so precious to me. And it makes my brothers and sisters here um, so dear to me. God, I thank you so much that we get to have a place like this. And, and Lord, I, I just ask that during our small groups, uh, you'd help us all, Lord, to just come to some sort of conclusion. And, and, and whatever it is, God, it doesn't even have to be about the things we covered today. But God, we do want to leave here having heard from you and, and, and being brought to a place of decision. So help us with that. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.